0: church here in Valdosta. Had a total of 62 people. Had 27 children. 15 elementary children. Amen. God is doing some awesome things, and we need to be excited about that. Uh, I'm not excited about numbers just for the sake of numbers, but that's people that we're ministering to that are receiving life. Amen. Every person that walks through these doors, we have an opportunity of uh, introducing them to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords, getting the word inside of them, and uh, we're just honored to have every person, every new face that we see, every uh, face that uh, God has been bringing us. It's just been awesome, and again, I believe we're on the verge of greatness. Uh, Next Sunday is our two-year anniversary service, and we're going to celebrate. Amen? We're not just going to look back on the things that God has done, but we're looking ahead to what he's going to do. God is always uh, moved by vision. God is a God of faith. And uh, as soon as God brings something to pass in the natural realm, to be a God of faith, he has to move on to the next thing you don't see. So we're here rejoicing on what we do see, but God is saying, I've got more for you. And so I want to get my mind around that. I want my mind to be enlarged around the vision that God has given us. And uh, vision is always up ahead. It's not what you see today. And uh, uh, I'm excited about what God is doing today, but I'm even more excited about what he's going to do here in the future of Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta. Also, another thing to be excited about, today was the last service that we will have to listen to a CD as we are in praise and worship. Amen. And although we don't have to have bodies up here to praise and worship God, amen, you can worship Him in the shower, you can worship Him in your car, worship Him at home doing dishes and cleaning and vacuuming and doing all that stuff, uh, but amen, uh, we can worship God Uh, with people who can lead us into worship. Amen. We can have worshipers up on a stage leading us and guiding us as we're going into the presence of God. And so uh, for the first time in the history of Anchor Faith Church here in Valdosta, and that spans about five years, not just the two years we've been here, but even the three years prior to that, we've never had a worship team. And so starting this Wednesday, we will have a live worship service, every single service, and um, uh, me being a music guy, um, I grew up around music, I grew up playing music, and I was on worship team since I was about 11 years old. Uh, I'm thrilled. I am excited about what God is going to do in taking us to the next level in that area, and uh, so starting on Wednesday, and then um, uh, next Sunday will be our first weekend service ever having a worship team, and so Just to let you know, right after service today, uh, if you feel that worship is an area that you've got a gift in, got a a talent in, maybe God's uh, given you an ability or a gift there, uh, we want to have a quick informational meeting right after service. If you play an instrument, if you sing, um, you know, any of those capacities, uh, we want to have a quick informational meeting right after service right here. Uh, Just be about 10, 15 minutes just to communicate the overall vision and get an idea of who can we have to come alongside us in that area and uh, begin to uh, operate with excellence in our praise and worship. Amen. It's a very high standard of excellence that we are going to hold here. And uh, so we're looking for high-energy, high-capacity people that want to lead people uh, into the throne room of God. So if that's you, uh, hang out with us just for a little bit right after service. We'll get right into it. won't keep you long, but just give you some information to walk away with and then... uh, kind of cast some vision there. Amen. All right. Well, we want to wrap up our series today. We've been talking about relationships. I've had a, I've had a number of people, number of people uh, tell me that this has been a powerful uh, series for them, identifying the relationships and the people that we associate with, the people that we hang out with, the people that we enter into a relationship with. And um, so this has been awesome. I, I didn't really have an idea of where all God wanted to go. Uh, in this series. In fact, I had the opportunity last weekend to talk with Pastor Earl because he had already planned to talk about relationships uh, here in the month of October. And um, he said, hey man, I I saw that you just are in the middle of a series getting ready to wrap one up. Uh, You know, tell me some of the stuff you've been getting. And um, it's been exactly what we've been talking about. We've been talking about how the relationships in our lives to help are here to help us, encourage us, and drive us towards God's purpose. But if we're not careful, the relationships we enter will do just the opposite. They'll drive us away from God's purpose. And so we began talking, and, and I had things, uh, you know, that we've kind of been going over. And he's like, man, I've never seen it that way. And then he was saying stuff that I was like, we should have had this conversation about five weeks ago because <laughs> uh, you're giving me stuff that I haven't even seen, I haven't even been able to touch on yet. But that's how the relationship should work. You should be able to hang up the phone or leave Starbucks or leave uh, Chili's feeling encouraged after spending time with someone, not drained and pulled away. And so we've got to identify what a biblical, godly relationship looks like because you've got to understand, and I think we said this last week, that everything in our lives, uh, if we're not careful, will default to the world's definition for something. But we, gotta, we, we have to remember that the world's been trying to re, redefine things over time that God has already defined in his word. And God was here before the world ever was, uh, and he's the one that created things for a certain purpose. So I want to know how he defines it. I want to know God's defi- definition of love, not the world's definition. Because the world has been spending thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of years redefining what God already defined as love. So I want to go back to his word, and I want to find out, what does God's love look like? What does God's peace look like? What, do, what does relationships look like to God? And so we've been taking some time to look at that, and I pray that it's helped you. I pray that it's encouraged you in identifying the relationships that you have, and uh, you know help us move forward in the relationships that we do enter, um, and, and defining them biblically, not by the world standards. So today, I just want to go through the word go through a few verses with you today um, uh, and, and, and look at what the Bible says about who we associate with, the relationships that we enter, the relationships that we keep, and uh, go from there. You remember back in Genesis chapter 1, God created man in uh, verse 26. And God didn't enter a relationship with man for the same reason that we enter relationships. God entered a relationship with man for one purpose. Now, if you go to the book of Matthew, you'll find out that uh, God created Adam, and the Bible actually calls Adam God's son. That's the tightest relationship you can get. Bloodline, father, son, mother, daughter, that's the tightest you can get. And so God, when he created Adam, he immediately entered a relationship. But I can tell you this, God didn't create Adam because he was bored and lonely sitting up in heaven. <laughs> God wasn't sitting around in heaven saying, man, I don't have anybody to talk to. It sure is lonely up here. I need somebody to hang out with. I need a friend. Let's, let's, I'll just make a friend since I'm, since I'm the creator of everything. I'll make someone to hang out with. Now, that's something that we say a lot. It's not about a religion, it's about a relationship, right? We, we use that term a lot, and there is a relationship involved. But God didn't create Adam and Eve and put man on the earth because he was just lonely and wanted someone to hang out with. God realized, I'm creating the earth, and I want someone to rule on the earth like I rule in heaven. So he created man and woman. He created all of man for a single purpose to help get heaven into the earth, to help rule the earth like I rule in heaven. That was his ultimate purpose. And so as soon as Adam and Eve got outside of that purpose, what did he do? We saw it last week. He cut off that relationship, kicked them out of the garden and said, we don't have the same relationship anymore. We can't associate like we used to. Now we know that immediately God put into place, created a plan with his son Jesus to get us back in a right place. Relationship. Why? Because the relationship was necessary for man to fulfill his purpose. You cannot fulfill your purpose on earth without the proper relationship with God Himself. It won't happen. If you don't have a right relationship with your Heavenly Father, you will not fulfill your purpose on earth. It goes beyond just being uh, good, it goes beyond just trying to get to heaven, it goes beyond just trying to stay out of hell, it goes beyond trying to be a good person. It's I have to be in a right relationship with God, because if I'm not, then I will not fulfill my purpose on the earth. Everything about relationships is tied to purpose, period. It has to do with your purpose. God had a purpose, and God realized I've got to create people and be in relation to them so they can fulfill their purpose. Well, then God, with man on the earth, figured this out. It's not good for man to be alone. That's what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2. It is not good for man to be alone. Now, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Adam was not lonely. He wasn't a lonesome guy. You know, he wasn't a loner just sitting in the corner all by himself, nobody to hang out with, nobody to talk to, because God even created animals. God created animals and then realized they're just not comparable. They're not going to fulfill. They're not going to fully help him fulfill his purpose in life. Now, do animals help us? Yeah. And there's even been times that God had to use animals to help man. There's one time he spoke through a donkey. That's because the man was overriding another individual. So he said, well, you know what? I've got animals around him. And uh, since he's not listening to any human beings, maybe he'll listen to this donkey. And so he opened up a donkey's mouth, guy being Balaam. The donkey stopped in its tracks and spoke to Balaam and told him what to do. I mean, if that doesn't wake you up, then I don't know what you need in your life. But when you got your your pet dog at home starts talking and starts saying, hey, you're not doing what God's telling you to do. I think I would start doing what God's telling me to do. I don't don't know that I would need anything further than that. But God realized that animals aren't going to cut it. He needs a... Help me. He needs someone to help him. What? Fulfill his purpose. So God gave him Eve. But it wasn't because Adam was lonely. It was because he was alone. He couldn't do it by himself. You know those times in life where you're thinking, man, I just can't do this by myself. Guess what? Nobody's asking you to do it by yourself. No one. God is not asking you to do it by yourself. First of all, he's giving you the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. That is your helper, Jesus said. I'm going to send to you a comforter, a helper, a guide. He lives inside of you, and he is there to help you accomplish the purpose that I've given you. I'm not not requiring you to do it by yourself. But on top of that, God sends to us relationships that can help us in our purpose. Notice this with Adam and Eve. Adam wasn't running around trying to find someone to help him do what... God called him to do. Adam never went running around. Never, Adam never said, uh, send me a wife. See, God knows what you need. Isn't that awesome? God knows what you need. God knows who you need. And guess what? God has somebody ready and waiting to come alongside you to help you accomplish the purpose for your life. See, you don't even have to go running around. See, sometimes, sometimes it's what we do. We're around chasing people down. Will you be my friend? By the way, today's message is titled, Friend Request. Anyone ever sent out a friend request? I just think that's hilarious. I'm requesting you to be my friend. Well, either you're friends or you're not, you know? But I know the whole social media, social status thing. I understand all that. But what I want to show to you today is, is you don't even need to request a friend because God already knows who you need. God will send you people in your life. God will bring people in your life, even at certain seasons. There's people that maybe I'm not in uh, as tight of a relationship today, but at a time in my life, they were right there and they were who I needed to help fulfill the purpose for my life at that time. That's exciting. That's exciting that God already knew you're going to need this person at this time. I mean, there's people I went to Bible school with that helped me and encouraged me as we were going through training together. But today, I I haven't talked to them since then. It's 10 years ago. But thank God they were in my life at that time. Why? Because God knows. God knows what season I'm in. God knows what level I'm at. And he knows who to bring into my life, to help raise me up, to help encourage me, to help, uh, uh, to help me fulfill the purpose that God has for my life. That's exciting. I don't have to go running around for it. I don't have to try to figure it out. I don't have to try to figure it, I mean, you know, even with my own wife. I didn't have to go chase her down. She came to me. Why? Because God knew if you just get in my alignment, if you get in my, uh, my assignment that I have for you, I will bring to you the people that you need to help you fulfill the purpose that I've given you. That's exciting. I mean, he put Adam to sleep to get Eve. He said, "Look, we're just bring you, we're going to take you out of the picture. You're not even having to go out and look for it. I'm going to bring you the very person that you need." So that's encouraging that God is looking out for you and he knows who you need. God knows who we need in our lives. So I want to look at a few things here, Psalms chapter 1, we want to start there, and I want to let you know today that our messages uh, are available on the Version Bible app, if you're able to get that uh, on your iPads or your uh, iPhones or, you know, whatever device that you have, if you're able to download that Version Bible app, the message is in there. If you need to connect, uh, which you will, you'll need to connect to our Wi-Fi here in uh, the building, uh, You'll select the one that says Anchor Faith Church Guest, and it should pull up a browser for you that uh, the password is AFCV. Now, we've been having some problems with it. I've been trying to work with it over time. Anyone having a problem still today? Still having an issue with it? Okay. I got to know that because I got to try to figure it out and try to figure out what's going on with it. But eventually, we'll get that up and r- up and running for you, and you can follow along with our messages through there. Obviously, today, uh, if it's not running very well for you, all of our messages are uh, on the screens. But the reason I say that today is I'm going to just kind of be going through verses. We're going to be in Psalms and Proverbs. Shouldn't be real hard to turn uh, and, and get to, um, but we're going to be looking at different versions. We're going to be looking at different translations today. And I just want to break down what God says in his word about the people that we associate the relationships that we keep. And look at Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. This is in the New Living Translation. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. Verse 2. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. What he's saying here is, if the people that you're around are drawing you away from my word, that's an unhealthy relationship. He says, blessed are those that uh, don't get around people that will draw them away from what I've already said. He's prioritizing the relationship. You know that God created Adam before he created Eve. Adam and God had some time to, to get with each other. You know, I, I tell uh, young people this, I tell singles this, that you want to marry someone that's already been with God. You want to marry someone that has already developed a relationship with God, and if they don't have a relationship with God, that's not a person getting involved with in that type of relationship. Because the second, see, there was a breakdown in communication somewhere. Adam, God never told Eve the command, do not eat of the fruit. You won't find it. He told that to Adam, which tells us it was the man's responsibility to communicate what God said to his wife. Well, there was a breakdown in communication somewhere. That doesn't mean that God can't speak to the wife, but God is certainly going through the head and the leader of the house, that is the man, and he's speaking to him, and it is the man's responsibility to now communicate down to his wife and to his children. He's the head of the house. And so God did what? Prioritized the relationship. What's more important than this relationship is our relationship. So he spent time developing Adam one-on-one before Adam got sidetracked and started trying to develop a relationship with his wife. We've got to keep the relationship in priority. That's why Paul said, uh, you know, I've been single and, you know, in my opinion, it's better to be single. Why? Because you don't have the distractions of having to meet the needs of this relationship. But if you can keep your relationship with your heavenly father right, then you can invest in these relationships right. That's why you have to be careful who the people you hang out with. and You've got to determine, do I have this relationship where I need it to be so I can help them? Because if I don't have this one right, this one's going to go wrong and they're going to get me off so this verse is telling us that blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, stand around with sinners, join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. Keep priority on my commands and you won't obey what someone else is telling you to do. Look at verse three. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all that they do. Look at this in the Amplified. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 in the Amplified. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. Watch this. Following their advice, their plans, and purposes. See, this doesn't mean go find a job with a bunch of Christians. It's not what the verse is telling you. The verse is saying, do not associate with people that are not of like-minded faith that don't believe in the God that you serve and don't serve the God that you serve to the point where you're following them rather than following your father. Don't forget that there's a relationship that's more valuable than this. This isn't telling us, you know, to go build our own little community. It's telling don't do what they're doing. Follow the purposes and the advice and the plans that your Father has given you. Then you become light in darkness. We said a couple weeks ago, the only reason light enters darkness is to change it. It's the only reason light goes into darkness. The only reason you flip the light on is so that what's dark becomes light. What you cannot see now becomes seen and revealed. So the only time we should enter into darkness is so that we can change what's around us. Become the light in darkness. Help people see Jesus. If you walk into a room and you become the darkness around you, you're pointing nobody to Jesus. But light comes on so you can see something. Hey, I know someone that can get you out of the problems you're having. I love it when people at work tell me that, they're sick or something's going on. You just gave me an opportunity to pray with you right there on the spot. Let's pray about that. I know the healer. Guess what? I'm in a relationship with the person who created you. And he's got all of the parts he needs and he can fix anything that's going on in your body. So let's just, let's just pray and agree right now. You want me to pray for you? Usually when I say, do you want me to pray for you? They think I'm going to walk off and go pray. it. No, let's pray right now. You don't have to worry. I wonder if he really prayed. We'll just pray right here, right now. Because I know the healer. I know the creator. Love it when they tell me the problems they're having with their kids. Love it when they're telling me the problems they're having with their husbands or their boyfriends or their girlfriends. Love it when they're telling me they're stressed out about money. Keep bringing it. All that darkness just gives me more opportunity to bring light and point you to the one who's got it all figured out. It's not about me. I got nothing for you. Me by myself, I'm just another individual. But the one who lives inside of me has empowered me, has equipped me. I've become a new creation in Christ Jesus, and he's given me something so that I can bring the kingdom to you. That's what Jesus said. The kingdom's not here or there. It's within you. So guess what? People aren't seeing the kingdom if you're not sharing the kingdom. It's, it's locked up inside of you. The kingdom has to come through you to minister to other people's needs. Amen. Let's keep going. Verse: uh, We're still in verse 1. Nor stands, submissive and inactive, in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax or rest, where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his, the law and desire are in the law of the Lord. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders and studies by day and by night. Go to Psalms chapter 26. Psalms chapter 26, verse 4. I'm going to read this in the New Living. Psalms chapter 26, and verse 4. In the New Living translation says, I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. Verse 5. <clears throat> okay. 26, verse 5, I hate the gatherings of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. This is David speaking. This is David speaking here. And David is identifying, I'm careful about those that I associate with. I'm careful about those that I hang around. I hate the gatherings of those who do evil. I refuse to join in with the wicked. Go to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter eleven verse fourteen. God's word has much to say about our relationships, and we've said a lot through, uh, you know, the last four weeks. And I just want to give some time to relook at some things and just get in the word and just find out what does God's word say about it. Verse fourteen says, "Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors." there is safety. The Amplified says it this way, where no wise guidance is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You want to surround your people that, you want to surround yourself with people that can help you. Remember, we've been saying, it's not about you, it's about your purpose. You have to first Uh, value the purpose that's inside of you. And when you value what's inside of you, then you'll protect and guard yourself against what is around you. People who have no purpose in life don't care who they hang around. People who have no purpose in life and don't understand the greatness that's inside of them, they don't care if they hang around with people that are going to bring them down and uh, walk all over them and uh, are going to hurt them. They don't care. They'll hang around with anybody. They'll get around in a group of, in a crowd of people that are just going to destroy their life and they don't even realize it. But when you live a life of purpose, when you live a life of there's something inside of me that I need to get pulled out of me, then you'll only surround yourself with people and you'll only allow people to invest in you that are worth investing in. You won't find yourself just hanging out and having friends of just any sort and and, and ones that are going to tempt you to do things that you know you shouldn't do and ones that are never going to encourage you, never build you up, never tell you to do the right thing when you're about to do the wrong thing. You won't get around those people. You will will desire to be around someone that's going to tell you when you're doing wrong, not be afraid to tell you because they're concerned about the relationship. And then when you desire those type of relationships and you desire those type of people to be around, when they do get in your face and say, you need to quit where you're going or you're going to hurt yourself, then you'll, be, you'll understand that and you'll receive that. You'll receive that. You won't get mad at them. Look, I'll tell you right now, you will always have an opportunity to get offended at somebody. Always. Jesus had opportunities to get offended at people. You'll always have that opportunity. But when you see that they're really looking out for your best interest, because I'll tell you right now, looking out for your best interest does not mean allowing you to do whatever you're doing and just hope you get it right. Well, I I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to push them away. Just tell them what the Bible says. Just tell them what God says. Tell them what God, look, man, you keep doing that. You're going to lose your job. You keep doing that, you're going to lose your family. You keep running that course. But you don't want to get around those people that are going to encourage you. Ah, oh, man, it's all right. I, I, I did that one day. Sometimes you get around people that tell you this. That's all right. You know, God will forgive you. God will forgive you. See, I want to get around people that are going to tell me, God has already empowered you to not do that thing. So rely on the grace and the mercy of God in your life and walk away. Not rely on the grace of God and do it, knowing that he'll forgive you. It's a difference. So we've got to redefine these relationships God's way, not our way, not man's way, not the world's way. We're no wise guidance. You want to get around people that are going to give you wise guidance. Get around people that are wise. Get around people that speak wisdom. Get around people that have an understanding and a knowledge of the Scriptures. If, if you're struggling with some things in the Scriptures, don't hang around with people that are just struggling just as much as you are. Get around someone that knows the Scripture. Get around someone that's become a studier. Get around someone that's doing and living and applying the Word and, find, and, and get around them and say, show this to me. Open this up to me. I want to know more. About this and develop those kind of relationships. Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13, and verse 20. In the Amplified, it says this He who walks as a companion with wise men is wise, but he who associates with self confident fools is a fool himself and shall smart for it. You become who you hang around. You become who you hang around. We've talked about this. You attract who you are. And so we've got to be careful that if you want to have godly friends in your life, you've got to show yourself desiring to be around godly people. I know in my own life, I've pushed people away in my life that could have helped me because I didn't have a desire to be around those people at the time. I pushed them away. The ones that would encourage me to read the Bible, I pushed them away, and I wanted to hang around the ones that just wanted to play video games all the time. I did that. Well, no wonder I wasn't growing in the Word. No wonder I wasn't spending any more time in the Word than the day before. But if I would have gotten around people that said, you know what, there's a time for games. Let's shut that off. Let's just study the Word. Let's read the Word together, then I would have grown because you become who you're around. But you've got to be wise about it and attract the people that you want in your life. I mean, if you identify today and you say, you know what, I really don't have a lot of godly relationships. I mean, that doesn't mean that you are hanging out with sinners in the sense that, you know, they're just doing horrible things. But if they're not chasing and yearning after God... You got to identify that. I want to get people that, get around people that love God, that want to pursue God, that just want to understand the purpose that He has for them and go after that. Because then you will. But if you hang around fools, you'll become a fool yourself. Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22, in verse 24. Make no friendship with an angry man. And with the furious man, do not go, lest you learn his way and set a snare for your soul. Lest you learn his way. He's guarding you against, if you hang around that type of person, you'll become that type of person. You hang around those kind of individuals, you'll become those kind of individuals. The New Living Translation puts it this way, don't befriend angry people, or associate with hot-tempered people, or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. It's nothing personal. My purpose is on the line here. My assignment that God has placed me here, and if I keep hanging around this type of individual, it's going to draw me away from the purpose God has given me. Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 26. in the Amplified says this, Like a muddied fountain and a polluted spring is a righteous man who yields, falls down, and compromises his integrity before the wicked. Now, why do we have springs? Why do we have fountains? It's so that you can bring something to other people you realize your purpose becomes contaminated when you hang around people that contaminate your life. Now, you don't have anything worth giving to anybody because you've been letting someone invest in your fountain. You've let someone invest in your purpose and now you don't have anything to give away to anybody else. You can't be a good friend to anybody else because you're hanging around bad friends. You can't, be, uh, 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 you can't help someone fulfill their purpose in another relationship because you're hanging around a damaging relationship. So we've got to cut off the wrong relationships so we can operate properly in other relationships. Otherwise, they'll contaminate you. If it causes you to yield fall down, or compromise your integrity, that's an unhealthy relationship. And on top of that, it's not allowing you to be in a right relationship with anybody else. So we have to cut off those relationships. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 in the New King James says this, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend one of my favorite verses if you can get around the right relationship it will sharpen you it will make you greater and in turn you're making someone else greater it's a two-way street this relationship i'm helping you and you're helping me that's awesome those are the kind of relationships you want to be in. Look at what the Amplified says. Iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend to show rage or worthy purpose. Iron sharpens iron. A man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Being in the right relationships, they'll be the most valuable thing you invest in. You may be able to say that today. There's a relationship that I've been investing in, and it's one of the most valuable. Look, when you get in a valuable relationship that proves to bring value to you and you're bringing value to someone else, you'll do everything to keep that relationship. You won't let anything come between you and that person. You won't let anything destroy that that relationship. You'll guard them, and you'll protect them, and you'll say, hey, don't get around that. Don't do that thing. Because it's going to hurt you. And in turn, you're not going to be able to help me. And I'm not going to be able to help you. It'll destroy the relationship. The relationship is based upon the purpose in both individuals. That's why Jesus said that a friend sticks closer than a brother. Sticks closer than even what blood will do. When you can learn to get in the right relationship, it'll be a tighter bond than even what blood will do. David and Jonathan had this. David and Jonathan had that type of relationship. They had no blood history. They weren't related. There was no reason why Jonathan had to enter uh, that relationship and invest in that relationship with David except for the fact that he saw him as the next king because God crowned him king, because God gave him a purpose. And Jonathan said, this goes deeper than blood. This goes deeper than our relationship. This goes deeper than uh, uh, us being of the same family or the same tribe. This is about you having a purpose that I want to help you fulfill. And in turn, you can help me. Because Jonathan could easily said, I don't want to be around this person because guess who was supposed to be the next king? Jonathan. But Jonathan placed more value on the purpose that God had given David than he did on a relationship. And so David said, this is someone I want to invest in. This is a relationship I want to keep. Because this is someone who has the heart of God, not the heart of man. Because the heart of man would have said, kill him. Because you're supposed to be the next king. But Jonathan had the heart of God and said, I'm going to invest in this man because there's a purpose on his life and I want to help draw it out. I want to help David become great. I want to help David become the greatest king Israel has ever seen. And I don't care if it comes at the expense of me not being king, I don't care if we're not blood related. I don't care if we don't have a relationship on the world standards. I'm going to develop a relationship with this guy because there's something inside of him I want I want to help him bring it out. That's the relationship you want to keep. Those are the ones. Those are the ones that uh sharpen each other, strengthen each other, cause each other to be great. I hope over the last uh 5 weeks that we've been looking at this that we have begun, be begun to identify, look, this goes for your children. This goes for uh, parents. This goes for husbands and wives. This goes for coworkers. Any relationship that you're in, you have an opportunity to make someone else great. I don't invest in my child just because he's my son. I see him more than just my son. And I want to one day, I want him to see me more than just daddy. I don't want him to listen to me just because I'm dad and he has to. I want him to listen to me because he sees someone that sees greatness in him and wants him to be everything God's called him to be. It goes deeper than blood. My wife and I, we invest in each other, not just because that's my spouse, that's who I'm married to. I gotta live with her the rest of my life. I think she's hot. (laughs) It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. You've got a purpose in your life and I wanna help you achieve that purpose and you see the purpose in my life. See, Eve was given to Adam for way more than just the husband-wife relationship. Eve was given to Adam to help him achieve the purpose. The purpose. The purpose. We talk a lot here about purpose because in my opinion, there is nothing greater in this earth than the purpose for which God created you. Purpose is what drives everything we do. Everybody's trying to discover purpose. The man living under the bridge is trying to discover purpose. The billionaire in the beach house is trying to discover purpose. The single mom with five kids is trying to discover purpose. The husband and wife that just recently retired They're trying to discover purpose. It doesn't matter where you come from. Everybody wants to know the purpose. And when that becomes the forefront of your life, then you'll only allow people to enter your life based upon your purpose. Then you'll value pastors. You'll value relationships. You'll value friendships. You'll value your husband and wife. You'll value your children, you'll value your parents, you'll value brothers and sisters. And at the same time, you'll learn to cut off relationships that'll damage, relationships that'll hinder, relationships that'll contaminate, relationships that'll destroy. So I hope over these last five weeks, we've been able to bring that out, been able to identify that. and We live our lives daily, understanding there's a purpose inside me There's a purpose inside someone else. And if we can enter this relationship properly, we're both gonna achieve greatness for the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you. We thank you today over the last several weeks that you have opened your word to us. Your Holy Spirit has identified to us that there's greatness inside every single person you've put on this planet. You've called us to enter relationships not based upon Social status and history and even blood. But based upon the purpose that's inside of us. But Father, we first want to place a priority on cultivating our relationship with you. That's the most important thing to us. Before any earthly relationship, before any father, before any mother, before any child, before any husband or wife or any relationship that we enter, we first wanna cultivate and invest in our relationship with you. You placed us here for a purpose. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you do not have a relationship with your heavenly father, if if you have not made him the Lord and savior of your life, I want you to raise your hand right now. If you not have not said, Father, I want to enter a relationship with you. You sent your son to die on the cross for my sins, to rise again so that we could be restored. You gave up the closest relationship you had so you could enter a relationship with all of us. If that's you, you have not prayed that prayer. You have not confessed him as Lord and Savior of your life. I want you to raise your hand right now. We'll take care of that because no other relationship on earth will be what it's called to be until you invest in that relationship properly. Father, I thank you today that we have a house full of children of the King. That makes us all brothers and sisters. Father, I pray today in this church that we value each other, brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God that we'll learn to rely on each other for encouragement. We'll learn to rely on each other. We'll call each other to go to lunch. We'll text each other. We'll spend time with each other. These are the people that we'll draw on. We'll cut off the relationships that are hindering our lives and we'll get in the relationships that will help our lives. This may require us to put our guard down. This may require us to to open up a little bit, but that's only because we are surrounded by people that want to see us be the greatest you've called us to be. We place a value on the relationships that you have brought. Father, you've given us these relationships. We didn't create this relationship. You did. You know who we need. You know when we need them. And so I thank you right now that we rely on those relationships. We thank you for your word. We thank you for wisdom and knowledge in your word. We choose to apply and live by everything you've shown us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen.